You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. It is now five o'clock here at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario, and you are listening to Campus Beat. I'm Dinah Jansen, your host, and I have the great privilege of welcoming Tom Hewitt, Chief Development Officer for Queen's University, in our studio today. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Dinah. Great to be here. Excited to be with you today to talk about some some great news for the university. Absolutely. And actually, this is the second time you've been in studio on Campus Beat with me. So it's really nice to have you back. You were in uh, last year with Lindsay Fair. Just about this time. And uh, it's a really fun part of my job to get out and talk about these things, especially to do it in such a cool setting, knowing that you have millions of listeners. That's just great. Awesome. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Tom, and the role that you play here at Queen's University. Sure, thank you. Um, I'm actually an 82 political studies graduate who went on to a career in fundraising largely for hospitals for many years. And then about eight years ago, Queen's came calling and said, would you like to come back to your alma mater and help raise money for the university? And uh, couldn't have been more honored to to do that. So basically, I'm responsible, along with our vice principal of advancement, for all fundraising on behalf of Queen's University. And it's a pretty big job. They uh, task us with trying to inspire about $60 million a year in, in philanthropy from alumni, largely from alumni, but other friends as well at the university. So I work with a very talented team of professional fundraisers and all the support people around us that make it possible for us to, to reach out to the vast uh, Queen's community mm-hmm. and ask them if they would like to support their alma mater in a variety of ways. And that keeps me uh, plenty busy, and it's a very satisfying way to to make earn a living mm-hmm. and give back to my alma mater. Now, one of the things uh, that we're going to be talking about today, or the focus of our conversation today, is the Queen's Career Apprenticeship Kingston Program. What is this program? It's a it's a great program, and and unlike anything else I've done in my career, I actually had a hand in shaping this program. Normally. You know, in the organizations I represent, uh, the priorities are set by the organization, and then I reach out along with many other people mm-hmm. and ask people to support uh, the particular uh, priorities. In this case, the donor came to us and happened to be someone I had worked closely with and be- become friends at another charity. Uh, he had a son who went to university here. He had an idea, and he had lots of money that he was prepared to put behind this initiative. And basically, he said... I've watched really talented graduates, including one of his two sons, graduate from university, in this case Queens, and not immediately take that talent and knowledge and get themselves into the workforce doing meaningful work. And he really thought that collectively there were a lot of young people on the sidelines of the workforce languishing and not just finding their niche Uh, And it was taking years, and some of them were doing jobs that really, they didn't go to university to do jobs. Something wrong with the work. It was good hard work, honest work, but it wasn't taking advantage of their skills that they had learned. 
So he decided that uh, he wanted to do something that would accelerate their entry into the workplace, into a meaningful job. And so he said, I'm willing to subsidize in a pretty major way uh, uh, a number of positions in companies um, so that young people graduating from, in this case, arts and science, largely the humanities and social sciences, those are the people who tend to have a little more difficulty getting that first job. <laughs> and he would, um, he would match them or, or they would earn their way through job interviews to work in companies in Kingston. Mm -hmm. So great for the student to get their first job, accelerate the entry, and stay in Kingston where many of, well, where they all had studied. And I tell you, when I graduated, I would have loved to stay in Kingston, but I didn't even give it a second thought. I ran back to Ottawa. I found a job there, and the rest is history. Mm -hmm. uh, made my way back eventually, but had I had a chance to stay and work in this beautiful city that I had become so attached to, I would have loved to do it. And we're finding that there are people in exactly that position, and now we're able to offer them a, an opportunity to stay here instead of going back uh, right away to their, their hometown if it's not Kingston. Okay. Now, you talked about uh, various uh, opportunities that are available in Kingston uh, for new graduates. Mm -hmm. So what community partners in Kingston is Queen's working with to develop this apprenticeship program? Well, our, I think our key partner is the Kingston Economic Development Corporation, and they absolutely share our uh, goal of trying to retain talented young people from Queens and have them enter the workforce in Kingston. They then live and, and, and build a life and buy homes and cars and all those things that people go on to do. So that uh, shared uh, goal was an easy one for us to partner with. Uh, the mayor of Kingston, who is a Queens graduate, has been extremely um, supportive of this program. He, too, sees the enormous value for the city and for his alma mater in keeping this talent in the city and growing the, the, the base of uh, uh, business people. And uh, so that was really important. Local alumni uh, have been key either... Uh, creating positions within companies that they own or work in. Mm -hmm. And as well, they provide mentorship. And we'll talk a little bit more later about the role of mentors in this. And then generally, the business community has embraced it because they're always uh, looking for a pool of talent. Mm -hmm. They know it's right there in front of them. Too often, many of us are, again, returning to uh, cities uh, that we grew up in instead of contemplating staying here. So what specific apprenticeship opportunities are available? In other words, what kinds of jobs are out there for students to take advantage of through this program? That's a good question, and um, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the jobs that the, uh, the students now, graduates, are in. Now give you a sense of the industries. Uh, property management is, is an area. There are a number of companies in the city, and I think a number of them actually are owned by uh, Queen's graduates uh, own lots of property, need to keep these properties uh, running well. Uh, many of them, it's housing for our own students, so mm -hmm. they hire these people. Film and production companies have come forward and have uh, appreciated um, being able to hire talented people. 
Correctional Services, interesting enough, uh, hired one of our talented young people, City of Kingston, as well, uh, took on someone in an administrative role. Economic, the Economic Development Corporation itself hired uh, a young person who's gone on to actually uh, look after the apprenticeship program from ECDEVS. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, side of the uh, side of this uh, equation, so that was great. Benefit by Design, Benefits by Design is a, a local company, just a thriving insurance company, and they've taken on at least two of our young people. Uh, Providence Care, mm-hmm. uh, the CEO, happens to be someone I spent a lot of time with, and she got wind of the program and decided she would take someone on, and that got them into a sort of a healthcare administrative role, which is a great career, having worked in hospitals for a long time. And then some other small sort of local consultants companies, consultancies, rather, looking for a little more uh, person power, um, uh, have taken some of our people on. So there's a variety, and uh, I think that it, they're matching up very nicely with the skill sets of, uh, of our students. So now what skills and core competencies can students learn from uh, some of these to carry forward on their own career paths? So that's an important question because um, not only are they just jumping into a, a job, but we really are asking the employers to uh, go a little extra in terms of the orientation to the workplace in general, because some people are thrust into new positions and orientation can be a little lackluster. And just getting used to being in the rhythm of a workplace versus uh, being a student, you would know this very well, is um, can be a little bit daunting. So we ask the employers to make sure they take that on. In addition, we have mentors that we assign each one of the apprentices. Mm-hmm. And they also help them deal with the issues of taking on your first job. How do you behave? How do you dress? These things sound trite maybe on their own, but um, when you've been able to to go to class in whatever you wanted to wear for many years and and now suddenly there's an expectation that isn't actually written down anywhere Mm -hmm. about how you conduct yourself and it's different in each setting. Some are more formal than others. It helps to have that spelled out for you. And for the most part, it's important that these young people be alert enough to be asking the questions. And and so we provide the people uh, and uh, to them so that they can be well prepared uh, to get into uh, into the workforce on the right foot. I think um, critical thinking and problem solving, again, sounds kind of ordinary, but it's applying those uh, skills that you learned at school to a particular uh, job and a particular issue and being able to provide value to your new employer. I think that's a, that's a big part of it. Okay. And, and, and just being generally, uh, being, carrying on in a very balanced fashion in the workplace. I think that's important for everybody. You're reliable, dependable, no big ups and downs, just steady. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit more about how the discrete positions are funded? Sure. I think the uh, the donor basically thought that if he was able to provide up to $4,000 a month for four months of a 12-month commitment, mm-hmm. uh, that that was going to uh, enable the companies to to take this uh, young person on, that the burden, the financial burden was less to them, that it would equate to a, a decent enough salary uh, 
um, that at an entry position was more than adequate for them uh, and, and not really so low as to make it not uh, worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine his commitment for next year uh, is 40 positions. So that'd be 40 times 4,000 a month times four months. So uh, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars Indeed. in terms of a gift. Um, but I can tell you that uh, this individual donor sees enormous value and sees it as a very minor investment for the uh, level of the reward for these students and for the local business businesses so indeed but it's so it's so it's a significant gift and it's been going on now that'll be it'll be the uh, we did a pilot we're in the year two and that would be year three so all right very generous so who is eligible to apply for these apprenticeships we're really focused on uh, students uh, in the Faculty of Arts and Science uh, who are in, going to be completing an undergraduate degree, so whether it's a three-year or four-year honors degree, either is acceptable. And the applicants have to hold a major in the creative arts, the social sciences, or the humanities, and they all have to be able to uh, work in this country, have a valid working permit or visa at the time they submit their applications. So again, um, the feeling of the donor was that uh, uh, engineers and some of them were uh, and commerce students uh, there maybe a little find it a little easier to find that first job. Uh, so he wanted to accelerate this particular uh, group of students for now, and who knows it may be expanded uh, in time. Okay. What about local businesses? How might they apply to be a part of this program and take advantage of the initiative? That's an important question. And really, our partner, the Kingston Economic Development Corporation, uh, take the lead in that uh, they spend uh, really the entire year from the, the moment we finish one program, they're already recruiting for the next year. Um, and we do do some uh, social media uh, through ActDev, we do our own from Queens, but they really we focus on recruitment of the students. We being Queens University, and uh, ActDev is looking at the uh, the businesses. They um, the businesses are entitled to two apprentices, mm-hmm. um, uh, funding for two apprentices, and then after that they're welcome to apply and to take advantage of the talent pool. But they at that point they are on their own for paying f- uh, for the entire year for the apprentice but most of our apprentices early days have all been renewed and carried on uh, and with the company paying the full freight so uh, Donna Gillespie who heads up the Economic Development Corporation she and her team work tirelessly within the business community to promote the concept and to recruit uh, these companies okay wonderful thank you very much Mm -hmm. So now with the application process, how might graduating students apply for these opportunities? Well, right now uh, they can just sign up, really register Mm -hmm. uh, on our website. So if people were interested, we have a program webpage uh, at uh, queensu.ca backslash artsci backslash QCAK. But if you just go to Queen's U and Faculty of Arts and Science and Apprenticeship, you'll you'll eventually get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, you, you can sign up there, and then we push out information to registrants, um, which they can sift through as uh, new jobs are posted. The information is shared with them, 
and they can check it regularly on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, they, we have uh, Career Services puts on workshops uh, to prepare individuals, which we really encourage people to take advantage. It's, it's a free service mm-hmm. that helps you prepare f- your applications, prepare, sharpen your interview skills, uh, prepare your resume. Again, these aren't things that are necessarily taught. Uh, they're really important. Some students we're finding think they know how to go about this, but um, I would suggest that everybody can learn a little bit on the, uh, especially on the resume preparation. Things have changed over the years where you don't just list jobs, you list your core competencies. And I think um, we and career services can help do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think those are the key things, just that get yourself registered. If you're interested at all, there's no cost, there's no obligation. You receive information, then you can make a decision. You can also share it with other people who may be interested in this opportunity. And now, why, in your opinion, should folks uh, in arts and science seek apprenticeships in Kingston? Well, Kingston is uh, a really wonderful place to live and work and and go to school. Um, It's very much a, a choice that people make in terms of lifestyle. Do you, some people prefer a large, bustling metropolis. Other people, you know, like to be near a lake and uh, very little traffic and a short ride home and a safe, wonderful community where you are not a number and you can be recognized uh, where you go. So as this city is growing and new businesses are coming in here and people are exiting some of the bigger cities in making their own choices. I think it's a good time to uh, sort of settle into a great city like this, be part of a a really close-knit community and um, enjoy all the benefits of living in a place that I think in time you're going to see Kingston and places like Guelph all connected to major cities and each other through high-speed rail. And um, mm-hmm. in the meantime, just come and live here, and uh, you can move around all you want, but you get to enjoy all that there is here okay. in this city. Now, where and you mentioned to a website. Where can students get more information? It's uh, www.queensu.ca uh, backslash artsci backslash QCAK or quack as some of us say that's the <laughs> Queen's Career Apprenticeship Kingston uh, I think that's the main place to go there's uh, lots of uh, frequently asked questions on mm-hmm. there that deal with uh, we've tried to anticipate what the questions would be there's also some deadlines on there including a student application date of February 13th so our jobs will all be listed on there by the end of January. Okay. And it's certainly not too soon for people to be looking at this. I remember being in fourth year and wondering what was I going to do next after my wonderful time at Queen's, and I didn't address it nearly soon enough. So I'm, I encourage any students who are interested and are listening to this, go see the information and uh, start to investigate the opportunity that is put in front of you through this Queen's Career Apprenticeship Kingston program. 
Amazing. Well, thank you very much for joining us and telling us all about the Queen's Career Apprenticeship Kingston program. We really do appreciate your time. As always, I appreciate your willingness to let us talk about the program and, and share it with your listeners. So, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. 